and welcome to the Northwest Ohio Pit Club podcast. It's our alumni association for here in Northwest Ohio. I'm Steve Weingarten, and along with me is Megan Hultquist. We lead up the Northwest Ohio Pit Club. And Megan, why are we here? You had some really cool thoughts on this. Ah, thanks, Steve. So the pit community is amazing. It's such a great collection of people and ideas and resources here in Northwest Ohio and then really globally. And I felt like while we're here in the pandemic, feeling a little bit isolated, a podcast might be a great way to connect our alumni group, you know, with resources that they might not know are otherwise available. Yeah, you and I have both stumbled across a lot of these resources, especially over the last year. I think we've seen an increase in them. It's been really neat to see. And I know we'll talk about a few of those today as well. Any other thoughts before we jump into it? You know, I don't think so. Um, you know, with, with the podcast, we'll we'll try to make links available. If anyone has any questions or follow-ups or requests for any information that we cover, please don't hesitate to reach out. That's why Steve and I are here to connect our, our followers with the resources that matter to them. Great point. So back in December or January, I get an email from you that says, I've got a pit calendar and I'm coloring it in. And I didn't know what you were talking about. I wrote back something like, great, hope you're doing a great job coloring in the lines <laughs> or something like that. But there was more to this, and it was about a pit calendar that you had received. Tell me about that, and what, yeah. what kind of a surprise was it? Yeah, I sure did. Um, so such a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, it's a cold winter here in Northwest Ohio. Uh, the holidays had passed, and yeah, I checked the mail, and... I got a calendar from Pitt and it's an adult coloring book and it features all these different scenes from the Pitt campus. I personally love to color in adult coloring books with gel pens. It's very relaxing for me. And then having that connection to Pitt, I just thought was awesome. So yeah, I reached out right away to kind of say like, hey, can you believe that this this resource even exists? What a cool idea. And I just thought it was a really great way to drive some engagement in our community. Again, when we're all just kind of feeling really like we could use the community at this point in our lives yeah and i hadn't received mine yet but i did get one as well and once i got it i was like oh this is what she's talking it's about it's so and it awesome was, right it is it was really really cool now i have not colored anything in yet and i'm a little i am not good at that type <laughs> of art I, I had problems in kindergarten with crayons but I, you know it's a great resource not just for coloring in but for talking about things and mm -hmm. we're going to use that throughout the year to guide some discussion and we were just looking at it, just all the places it's reminding you of. Each month it has different things going on. And so that's a really good guide. Here we are when we're recording. We're in uh, February, so we're a little bit in. But I know you and I wanted to talk today and let people know about what we saw on the calendar for January, February, and March. And to kick that off, what did you see for January? So for January, we have featured in the calendar one of the rooms in the Cathedral of Learning right there on the first floor. I think most people who have gone to Pitt or even visited Pitt are pretty familiar with those international classrooms. Hallmark of Pitt, you know, everyone knows the cathedral. So January features the German nationality room. So if you can visualize it, there's majestic wood and built-in bookshelves and the old-fashioned desks. And it just really brought me back to my classes, you know, freshman and sophomore year in the cathedral, seeing the students, you know, all over the cathedral floor. So, yeah, just such great memories of the Cathedral of Learning. Yeah. And when we first started talking about this, there was something I forgot about my own time at Pitt. And we should probably talk about I, I graduated in December of 94 and you graduated if, you, if you're willing to reveal. Yeah, no, of course, May 2005. OK, so I forget things at times and I was cleaning up the house between the time we talked about setting this podcast up and then afterwards, I forgot that I was a member of Quo Vadi, which was the tour guide group. Oh, 
great. Or the cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> Way back when. Now, yeah. I never actually gave a tour. I had uh, become a, a guide over the summer, and there were plenty of guides, and I, I, that's how I remember this, at least. And But I have the materials, and I'll show Megan right now, and then we can maybe even post a picture. But this is my old notebook, and I, I found it. So I've got a few interesting little tidbits here. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, some of these are probably online. But I didn't know this. I didn't remember this. Uh, I guess I knew it. Like, they trained you pretty hard in Quo Vadi. Like, you had to pass tests to be able to give a tour of the international rooms there. But uh, the German room was dedicated on July 8th, 1938. It was one of the first four dedicated, along wow. with... Yeah. The other three were the Russian room, the Scottish room, and the Swedish room. Those were the first four. And it was a whole other eight, nine months before the, the Czechoslovak room and, uh, well, the Czechoslovak Room alone, March 7th, 1939, and then Yugoslav Room, March 31st, 1939. This German Room, you and I were trying to figure out why the German Room, and it is first floor, like you said, mm-hmm. and it was one of the first dedicated rooms, and it is kind of a neat room. It's It's got those fairy tale walls and all that good stuff there that's going on, and, and I've taken my kids back and given them a tour of the, the rooms, but... I always enjoy that, and it is a reminder. That's a Me cool too. Building. Yeah, and it's funny. When I went to visit Pitt initially with my parents, my dad was all over the international classrooms. He just loved them. Uh, and then I think actually senior year, I took a really cool class on Russian fairy tales, and I forget which one of the international rooms I was in, but it really had that whimsical fairy tale feel with the stained glass windows. And it really felt like, you know, we were in olden times learning about these fairy tales, like in in the proper classroom. And I just really like those classrooms, you know, Pitt's such a cool school because it combines like its, its rich history with the modern city, you know, and the cathedral just does a great job of that. Like they, they preserve everything so nicely. All the students are so respectful of everything that's there so that future generations of students can continue to enjoy it. I am so jealous of that uh, Russian fairy tale. Oh, it's cool. Class. Yeah, they're, uh, that's the type of thing I would have seen in the, I think it's the register where the classes are listed and I would have wanted to take that class. Pitt, for a long time, I think it still has this great children's literature program. Um, and so classes like the one you're describing are on there. And there is a professor, and now I'm going to uh, forget his name. I had him for Germanic Myths, Legends, and Sagas. I, pr- I believe it's Professor Ashleman. Um, and I have stumbled across a website he runs over time. It's it's actually out there with all sorts of great stuff on fairy tales. So it's always a nice treat to see, oh, that was my professor way back when, like in 1991. Yeah, awesome. so, But I think we could probably spend all day on just January. Uh, but there's more to this calendar than just that. And we are actually in February. This one wasn't as as striking to me. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you've got maybe better memories of this, more recent memories for sure than I do. Oh, yeah. Uh, so February features the Peterson Event Center, uh, the Pete. Um, so by the time I was, I started at Pitt, I think the Pete had just finished up construction. So we have this awesome historic campus. We have this urban campus. And then up on the hill, you know, near the frat houses, and some other buildings, they built this amazing new event center, uh, which houses, you know, everything from concerts to basketball games. And that was my experience personally, both as a student and now uh, as an alumna, going to the pit basketball games in that event center. There's such amazing energy, you know, it's just up on the hill, it's such a beautiful facility. 
And I remember a lot of my friends freshman year, you know, rather than trek all the way down the hill to find a gym, they would get to work out in this awesome Peterson event center. Uh, So yeah, a lot of great memories coming out of that place as well. Now, putting you on the spot, because I know memory is sometimes hard to access, any one memory that really stands out for you about uh, the Peterson event center? Pitt basketball was particularly good when I was a student there. Um, And I'm not sure if this is always the case, but there ended up being a lottery to go to the games. Uh, You couldn't, you know, you you couldn't just show up and go. There's limited student seats. Um, I had a couple friends that worked at the Pete and they, they loved being there. But I got to go as a guest of one of my roommates to one of the, the pit games. And, you know, I got to be in the student section with the Oakland Zoo, you know, and it was just awesome. Uh, the energy is so electric there. Um, early evening game and we won. Um, I don't remember who we played, maybe Notre Dame or somebody like that. But it was an awesome, awesome game. And then recently, uh, maybe two or three years ago, I took my husband uh who went to a different school and I, a smaller school, and I took him to a pit game and he was just blown away by like a real, like awesome D1 program with, with that kind of recognition. Uh, so we're, you know, this year's a little bit different, but we're trying to make that a tradition for us that every, every winter we'll go and try to catch at least one game. Yeah. Pretty soon you'll have him in uh, full pit apparel. I know. Uh, <laughs> maybe he'll paint his face or something <laughs> like that as well. I know your husband, and so I'm having an extra laugh. On this. Uh, all right, March is coming up soon, and there we're looking at Forbes Avenue at night. I love now that, that probably. One. Okay, so tell me why you love it. I feel like. For me, right, there's my pit memories during the day and the early morning and dragging myself, you know, out of Tower B and to the 7-Eleven and over to Hillman Library. But then as a college student, you know, I'm now I'm older, my schedule's a little bit different. But as a college student, Forbes Avenue like comes alive at night. Uh, it's just a totally different environment. So I spent so many fun nights, you know, with my friends, on Forbes Avenue, going to different places, whether that was, you know, Fuel and Fodder or Hemingway's uh, or any of the places, you know, right there by the law school. And I just love, you know, I mentioned already, like, I love the, the hybrid, like, urban and historic campus type feel at Pitt. And I feel like from that particular view on Forbes, a couple blocks down, I think, there used to be like a, a CVS there. They had a Vespa store in there. They had a New Balance store in there. I think by the business school, that view where you can see the towers off to the left and then the cathedral behind it, it always just made me feel so energetic. And I can see in the in the picture here, if you look closely, you can see some snow. You know, you see some students that are in hoodies. And I feel like, you know, for me, uh, coming to Pitt, I really liked getting to know the Pittsburgh culture at large. And they're tough. They're diehard Steeler fans. They live through rough winters. Like, they're so proud of their city. And you can't help when you're at Pitt to feel that energy and become, a you know, a Pittsburgh fan yourself. Uh, so looking back, thinking about Pittsburgh in the winter at night on Forbes Avenue, yeah, I just thought that was awesome for them to include that. Well, you picked up a lot more detail than I did. <laughs> I did not realize that was snow. And it took me a while to figure out, even though there's a street sign, and it's, you know what, I don't know if I've ever known the name or how to pronounce this name, but Myron Avenue. Oh, or, Myron Avenue, yeah, yeah, Myron Avenue. Yep, for yeah, sure. I'm, 
I'm just seeing that for the first time. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was there. So now I have better perspective on what I'm looking at. I should have known too, maybe when I first looked, I realized it, but the Cathedral of Learning is in the background and you mentioned mm-hmm. the towers. Just a quick side note for you, when you mentioned the business school, uh, oh, yours is colored in as well. <laughs> I see you're showing it to me. Uh, so, but you mentioned the business school. The business school and the library, which is fantastic. We'll talk more about the library later on today, but the business school is right by Old Forbes Field where the Pittsburgh Pirates played, which was always a really cool spot to me. I've actually played uh, catch in that area right next to it. That's what we're looking at for for January through March. This is a super cool calendar that brings up a lot of memories. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, what's neat about it. It's neat to have somebody to talk about with. And you've got very different memories than me, which makes it even more spectacular where you're talking about Hemingway's. I know where Hemingway's is or was. Um, I didn't really do. I didn't spend much time in Hemingway's. And so you had a very different experience. I do love your point. I don't want to move on before mentioning it uh, because I did forget to mention it earlier. I do love your point about this idea of a university that is embedded within a a city or an urban setting. Mm -hmm. That has always been my type of of university. And that's something that really, really resonates with me about Pitt over time. Um, although crossing the street sometimes could be a little bit uh, scary. Yeah, you know, I was I was actually looking closely at the drawing here. And then, you know, I was thinking I mentioned the cold mornings and like crawling out of the towers and, you know, that that bridge over Forbes Avenue over to the law school, uh, you know, and and the buildings over there. I would take that regularly to avoid the cold, you know, uh, and I just remember like huddling up with all the students like in that in that like bridge that goes over the street. And yeah, I I mean, I totally agree with the urban campus. I feel like it's just the best of both worlds over there. Yeah. And that's another detail you picked up, too. The bridge on this perspective is kind of hidden, I think, behind the traffic lights and, and at the bottom of the Cathedral of Learning. But it's definitely there now that now that you call it out. Good eyes. Good. Uh, oh, thank good you. Eagle eyes. So we'll put a link to this on the website or we'll, we'll, we'll show a picture. I think we're allowed to do that. Uh, and we'll, we'll put a link out there for if you want to contact the Alumni Association and, and see what can be picked up on that. Now, one other thing that's happening, and I, I don't know if it goes out to every alumni or not, we think it does, is there's a Five Things Friday. And Megan, I know you wanted to talk about some things that, that have come up recently. We don't get these every Friday, but there's five things that pop up and sometimes there's some really interesting stuff in there and you identified one in particular that I think is worthy of some discussion. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I love the Five Things Friday. It's a really great like at a glance look at things that are going on. You know, I don't always have a chance to comb through it, but I love to be able to click through and kind of see what's going on in the community. They feature events, uh, alumni networking things, awards that folks have won. One that really caught my attention in one of the recent updates uh, is a new service that Pitt has launched called Ask Pitt Alumni. And it's designed specifically to help current Pitt students and our younger alumni get really quick answers to their career questions. So I love this, right, because the Pitt community is just so awesome for so many Mm -hmm. reasons. And the career aspect is a big deal, right? Right now in particular, I think students and recent graduates are are facing a hard time. You know, it's it's a, a tough world out there. It's a tough job market. And knowing that you have this robust community of alumni to talk to, I feel like is really comforting. I saw uh, that their community is actually, they boast a community of more than 330,000 people that you can connect with and ask questions about careers 
that range all over the board. Um, so Steve, you and I are both small business owners, um, right. you know, and I feel like this, this type of service helps students and alumni with everything from, you know, how do I become an entrepreneur to how do I further my finance career? I know we've talked to some alumni in the past who work at huge companies like Ford, you know, uh, and Coca-Cola and so I, I just think it's a great resource. So the website, we'll post this as well, but the website, let's see, is uh, it's pit.protopia.co. Um, so we'll make sure that we post that there. They mentioned there that they're piloting the program this year. They kind of thought that with the pandemic, this was a resource that was truly needed right now. So they're going to pilot it now, and then they're going to be rolling it out to the broader Pitt alumni community very soon. Yeah, and this isn't the only program. I think this is maybe connected to the Pitt Commons piece as well. I, so I think that pilot program piece is important to call out there as, as you did. That was, uh, you know, this is going to emerge. I know that Pitt is trying to do a lot more to connect the alumni and business owners to the current students in, in a lot of different ways. You and I have also heard about some other opportunities like internships. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of good stuff going on. Hopefully these grow. I think they'll get some structure around them as we go forward. Not to say they're not structured now, but I think they'll gain sort of a, a brand to them. That'll, For that'll sure. help a lot. Um, you know, and I, I think it's interesting. Um, your relationship with Pitt just tends to evolve and change over time, you know, as you do. And so it's been interesting for me as, as a student and a young alumni. I was all about how can I leverage the Pitt network to go out and find a job, you know, to find work, to find my way out there in the world. Now... As a not so young adult, uh, it, you really <laughs> discover that like it's mutually beneficial. Like as a business owner, I'm all about the opportunity to mentor Pitt students and you know young alumni and get the opportunity to get them into my company. Like we know it's a great school, we know that great people come through there, and so why not tap that network to get people into the business? Yeah, you're, you're, you're pandering to a topic I absolutely love for my own field. And, and we should probably talk about that just for 30 seconds as well, like what each of us does. But in my field, and I'm an industrial organizational psychologist, one of the things I'm looking at is the career development life cycle. And what you're talking about is that life cycle piece, that it's changing over time. You're at a different point in your career. And so how that connection to Pitt and the alumni network works is going to evolve with that life cycle piece. And Megan, you've got a great gig too. I come to you sometimes to ask a question here or there for your expertise. Let's tell folks a bit about what you do. Sure. Um, so I run a digital agency called HQ Digital. It's headquartered here in Northwest Ohio and specifically out of my home. We are a totally virtual organization, at least for the time being. So we are automation consultants. We help uh, marketing sales and customer services teams use automation technology to accelerate their revenue funnel. Uh, so we do everything, you know, from marketing strategy, developing, uh, you know, target audiences, mapping what they care about, creating content, to building websites, uh, you know, to lead nurturing emails, all kinds of things that, that fall under that. It's super fun. I had no idea I'd end up here. You know, my, my degree is in politics and philosophy out of the, the University Honors College. Took a couple classes in, in econ, uh, but I kind of stumbled and, and found my way into marketing, and I just absolutely love it. Interesting. I just learned something else new about you, too, I think. And maybe you've mentioned this before, but the Honors College. Honors College is fantastic at Circling back, so you've got another topic, and this is an important one. It's coming up depending on when someone is listening to this podcast. 
the pit day of giving. Talk about that. The pit day of giving. Yeah. So uh, big day for pit. It's our fifth annual day of giving and it's coming up on February 23rd. So that's not to say that, you know, this is the only time that alumni and other interested parties can give to Pitt, but really this is a coordinated effort for fundraising. Um, And what I like about it is that you can direct your gift very specifically to areas that you personally care about. So whether that's a specific school like the Honors College or the College of Engineering or an athletic program or the General Fund or even Hillman Library, you get the opportunity to have a little bit of control over where your money is going. Um, and I find that that people tend to like that. It feels really cool to, to be able to share with friends and family like, hey, I helped support the library this year, you know, in the pit day of giving. So it is coming up next week, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, I guess, uh, February 23rd. Uh, They do have a website that's designed for that. It's pitdayofgiving.com. Normally, I think, Steve, we would we would be out and about in our Northwest Ohio community kind of promoting that and talking about it and meeting with alumni. This year, of course, you know, everything is virtual, but that spirit of Pitt and the community is still very much alive. And so, yeah, if you can, if you get an opportunity, you know, if it's within your means, uh, check it out. It's a tough year for everybody, you know, understood. But, you know, Pitt's still working on on generating fundraising to support these awesome programs so that Pitt can continue to, to grow and be the awesome place that it was for us. It's an important function, and obviously we've all benefited from this type of giving in the past and it's it will get more attention i think in future years the phone calls i think are out for this year mm-hmm. as well and, and the mailings and this is it's coming up pretty quick here february 23rd so uh an important call out there's one more thing and this is cool i i remember bragging to you almost about like attending this thing and wishing i i, I told you i wanted to text you to join in because i didn't realize how neat this is going to be and it was about george romero the writer director of the night of the living dead and i gotta say i've tried to prep for this a few different times but there is so much here i feel like i'm just not going to do it justice this event was so super cool it was just amazing george romero for those who didn't know did a lot of his work in pittsburgh a little bit of trivia for you megan and i can't remember if i've mentioned this pre-show or not do you know how george romero got his start i do not all right i did not share it in advance and i didn't know it in advance he started on mr rogers oh that's amazing <laughs> oh, i love that pittsburgh connection i always forget about that one um yeah that's awesome mr rogers apparently saw night of the living dead and said something to george romero like hey nice job george i enjoyed the film you know <laughs> so that's which is an odd fit together with what you expect with george romero and mr with what you expect from mr rogers that uh, very wholesome piece and then night of the living dead maybe not necessarily as as wholesome but anyway there is this great foundation going on the george romero foundation and the archival collection for george romero his his work was donated to the university of pittsburgh they've got a george a romero archival collection at the university of pittsburgh and what they're trying to do now so there's this group pitt's horror studies working group and they've got the archive and they're doing all this great stuff things in the honors college which you mentioned earlier too so that i think there's a course they're trying to release horror genre as a social force and i don't know if that class actually ended up getting offered or not so it's really getting bigger it's, it's faculty it's staff it's students there was a, um, a particular professor carl kurlander who was in charge of doing this documentary and this is what the event i attended was about the students went to a class 
and they actually produced a documentary on George Romero, and they showed it during this event. So it was really, 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 really cool to see that. And they it was a well-done documentary, and I learned a whole lot that I didn't know about George Romero. And there's one more thing that I want to share here on George Romero, because they actually did an award. And Dwayne Jones, he was the first African-American actor in a horror film to play a lead role. So that was really important in Night of the Living Dead. And there's a whole story about how that happened. And then his sister was there to receive this award. It was really, really cool. Um, So Night of the Living Dead, yeah. And George Romero, a lot of his work done in Pittsburgh. There's a lot more that's been done in Pittsburgh. And I know you've got connections too to the to the film program at Pitt. Maggie. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, so my high school in Eastern Pennsylvania tended to have, you know, a relatively large number of students who went to Pitt each year. And a few of my friends uh, the year ahead of me went to Pitt uh, specifically for film. And I had no idea until I was there, you know, the, the richness of the film program over there. Uh, you know, not only are the courses themselves awesome, which I, I personally took at least an intro to film class where we we featured Quentin Tarantino movies it was just the best but Pittsburgh itself is this is the backdrop for a lot of movies like more movies that one might think a couple of them Mothman prophecies I remember students Mm. talking about when I was there and then a huge one I didn't realize until the other day is the Avengers was actually shot there so you know Pitt has such a great like cool urban backdrop and it's actually used in a lot of movies I feel like that kind of rolls over into the film program and now even more specifically into the horror genre you know with with George Romero so just such a great opportunity for students to kind of take in and learn all these different areas, uh, including film. Yeah, and the one that people were talking about while I was at Pitt, uh, probably one, if I give you the title here, you won't even remember it. I had to look it up as we were talking here. Striking Distance with Bruce Willis. Oh, cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah that's super cool. You haven't seen that one, have you? I don't you? think I have. I did run into Bruce Willis <laughs> one time in a casino in Atlantic City, uh, but not in Pittsburgh. Really? Yes. Yes. He was very nice. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it's a really cool area for film. You're absolutely right. And so much going on. And these opportunities for us as alumni to even be involved with that. For sure. Um, um, and, you know, I, I feel like we've covered this throughout today's episode, but there really are just so many resources available to our Pitt community. We mentioned the Five Things Friday. We mentioned Pitt Commons. We we mentioned the new Pitt portal for, for career questions. And, and that's just a sliver of them. So in this time, you know, where we're all feeling this yearning for community, we're all so eager to to get back to our people and feel real human connection. You know, it is out there in a virtual form. So hang in there, you know, alumni and Northwest Pit Club members. Uh, we'll be able to get back together soon. But in the meantime, you know, check out these resources when you have some time. They're really great. There's some really great events. You can still meet some really cool people. And yeah, reach out with any questions on any of them. We're happy to provide resources for anything that we've talked about today. Yeah, Megan mentioned the human connection, and we would love for you to reach out to us and uh, get that conversation going. We're trying to build up the Northwest Ohio Pit Club. You're a big part of that. Our goal coming into today was just to have a little bit of conversation. We actually ended up with a much longer conversation than I think you and I originated than you and I originally thought we would, Megan. Yeah, tons to talk about, but I think we'll wind it up there. Thanks to everybody for listening, and and thanks, Megan. I enjoy our conversations as well. Thanks so much, Steve.